Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's go to the scripture together, Luke's Gospel. Thank you. Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. And so Jesus told them this story that I think most people, whether you're a Christian or not, you'll have at least heard of it. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he'll call together his friends and his neighbours saying, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't straight away. Today, this message is not a message just for people that have lost their way. I think it's a message for every single one of us. The book of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 says this, All of us, like sheep, we've lost our way. We've gone our own way. Every single one of us know what it's like to lose the clarity of our vision. Every one of us knows what it's like to allow those distractions or those fears to so get into our our horizon that we lose track of Jesus. To me, one of the most poignant stories of the entire Bible is that one about how Mary and Joseph take their son, Jesus, they take him up to Jerusalem to worship and then they get so busy. They get so occupied in the celebration and everything else that as they journey back, they all of a sudden discover that He's no longer with them. I've said before, if I had been God, and I'm not, and you should be glad of that, uh, but if I had been, I know what I would have done. I would have sent down the same angel that appeared to Mary. And I would have turned up while they're there in the caravan of travellers. And I would have said to her, I'm just here at the Heavenly Father's bidding to do a spot check on the Messiah, can I just ask you a couple of questions? How's he going? I would have asked about his health and I would have asked about his behaviour. I would have asked about was he eating and sleeping and doing the right thing. And then when they answered all those questions in the affirmative and said what a great son he was, I would have then said, by the way, I just need to talk to him for a minute. Can you just get him for me? And Mary would have turned to Joseph and said, can you just go and get Jesus? And Joseph would have said, but I thought he was with you. And Mary would have said, no, I thought he was with you. And all of it, I would have done that, but, you know, that's just because I like a bit of a playing around, I suppose. But, you know, every single one of us have gone astray somewhere or other in our life. Perhaps that's why verse 1 there that we read is so powerful. It says tax collectors and other notorious sinners were attracted to Christ. 
It was lost and broken people. Listen to me. Never think that being a Christian is ever about pretending you're better than you are. It's never about having to put on an image or portray a certain kind of, of lifestyle because Christ is attracting people of all kinds of backgrounds, people that are lost, people that are broken. But I want to give you this morning the four things that this passage we just read tells me about me. Number one is that no one is ever too lost. There's no such thing as being so far from God, He wouldn't know where you are. There's no such thing as being so broken in your life, so dysfunctional that you've committed far too many sins or something rather like that, that somehow or other God would not want you. No one is ever too lost. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 puts it this way. It says, no creature is hidden from his eyes. Can I say to you this morning, absolutely God knows where you are. He knows who you are. He knows what's going, come on. He knows what's going on in your life. God is not mystified by where you are. He knows exactly where you are. Jesus said the good shepherd is on a mission to find the sheep that's lost. The sheep's lost, the Messiah isn't. The sheep might be lost. The Messiah, the shepherd never is. You might feel lost. I know I have. You might feel like you've lost your way. I know I have. You might feel confused about your future or even about your relationship with God. I know I have. But the shepherd is never lost. He's on a mission to find the people that are lost and to bring them back. No matter how lost I may feel, he knows where I'm at. Here's the second thing that this story tells me about me. And this runs so counter to the humanity that we all have and the way we all think. And it's this, that he's not focused on why. He's not stuck on how this happened. I've got written on a board in my study at home uh, a little saying that says this, it's not how you get into a trial that matters, it's how you get out of it. Sometimes we get into a trial and we spend our, all of our energy and our focus looking back to whose fault it was, to how that thing occurred, to the confluence of circumstance that brought it about, to how we ended up in this mess we're in. But in this story, we don't know why the sheep is lost. Was he chased by or she chased by a predator? Did they just get distracted and wander off? I know because I've rounded up a few sheep in my time, literally, and on my sister and brother-in-law's farm. And you watch sheep after a while and, and you notice that they are the most, I'd like to say they're the dumbest animal there is. But I have a father who was a poultry farmer and I'm telling you, chooks are fowls, that is hens, are much stupider than sheep. Anything that'll run around the yard without its head on is definitely more stupid than a sheep. Mind you, sheep will jump over things that don't exist, point them to an open gate and they'll all look at it and go, I definitely can't go there. And they'll turn around and run the other way. Uh, even though that on the other side of that's where they need to get. We don't know why the sheep is lost. Did it just get distracted? What, did it stumble 
and somehow rather get left behind. I've spoken to so many people in the last couple of years who feel like they've been left behind with everything that's gone on. They got so focused on, on, on insecurities and uncertainties. But can I tell you that when God doesn't tell you why, it's not because He doesn't know. It's because that's not His focus. In Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And we go, how in the heck did you get there? How did you go from the still waters and the green pastures and the restoration of your soul? How did you get so lost you ended up in the valley of the shadow of death? And you know, that psalm, that famous psalm never tells you why. And the reason it doesn't tell you why is not because God doesn't know how you got where you are. It's because He's not focused on how you got there. Can I say to you today, if you feel separated from God in any way or any dimension, God's focus is not on whose fault it was, even if it was yours. He just wants to get you back to where you belong. He just wants to lead you back into the place you need to be. It's not His focus. Here's the third thing about this story that speaks to me about me. And I love this. He understands our weakness. Here's a sheep that's lost, so lost, the shepherds had to leave the 99 that are safe, go back out there and look for this thing. We don't know how long it took to get to where the lost sheep was. We don't know how, how difficult it was, whether it was night or day. But when he gets out there, he does it again. The, all these things are the opposite of what people do. Because when you and I get lost, and there's a lot of people who will tell you whose fault it is. When you read about somebody who stumbles in some other area of their life, isn't it true? We have a media post-mortem on their life. And everyone's all over social media tumbling to speak about why this they think happened and how it took place. One of the reasons why in this church we haven't uh, stumbled off our vision in the last two years is because we said right at the very beginning, we are going to have grace for everybody no matter what they think or what they believe. We're going to walk ahead in the vision of God. We're going to go ahead saying it's still time to reach lost people and to bring them back to Christ. And that's why almost every single week people have sent in their yes texts and said, I want to find Christ. That's why I keep, as I did last week, met somebody else who's been online for six months and turns up for the first time. Why? Because God is not getting stuck on all those other things out there. He understands our weakness. Verse 5 says this, And when he finds it, instead of pointing it back home and saying, you know what? Just suffer. I don't care. That'll learn you. That'll teach you. I remember once spending all my pocket money when I was a kid. I didn't like something mum had said. And uh, I thought, I'll show mum. Bad, bad idea. This is true. I took all my pocket money, jumped on my bicycle and I rode downtown to the only cafe in Tara out there in the west of Queensland. And I cycled down there and I went into the shop and I, bought, I spent all my pocket money on lollies, the whole lot. And I thought, that'll teach you, Mum. I rode home with my big little paper bag full of lollies 
and I get home with them all, I forgot that I've got three brothers and three sisters who were like seagulls on a hot chip. There was no chance that I was going to get to eat them all myself. I've never forgotten that lesson as a young boy. I've never forgotten that lesson that sometimes trying to teach somebody a lesson, well, it just doesn't work. The lesson I learned that day was don't go out and spend all your money on lollies because your brothers and sisters will eat more than you will. Don't you love the fact that there's no tough in God's language? God never says, toughen up, princess. Serves you right. God never says, you know what, it's your own fault. God never ever says, well, let's see how you go. He never steps back and looks at your life or mine when He finds us in a place of weakness, when He finds us in a place where we've made a, a, a mistake and a misstep. God never finds us in that place and says, well, I hope you can find your way back. I love the fact that the shepherd picks up the sheep and he carries it. He understands its weakness and he gives it time to recover. One of the things I've always been passionate about is having a church that's not about pressure. We are a high commitment church. We are a church where most people are serving. Thank God for all that. We are in a church where generosity is just absolutely the normal life for people here. But it's never, ever been about pressure. There's no one here who's going to say, you ought to and you better hurry up. Why? Because I understand the heart of the Good Shepherd is He wants you to recover. He wants you to get back to strength. Now, for some of us, part of recovering our strength is actually getting into a place where we serve because the Bible says, he that or she that waters others will themselves be refreshed. I don't know anything better to make your life have a flow of God in it than to start giving out into the lives of others. When people come to me and say, oh, Jeff, I really, I'm so broken, I'm so lost. I always send them to hope. I send them to our community arm. I say, go down there and, and do what Kevin and Vanya and, and Sylvia and Sylvia, because there's double Sylvias down there. Go down there and make soup. Give a homeless person a toasty. Get down there and start and they go, oh yeah, but I wouldn't know what to do. I go, we'll help you, you can peel a veggie. Go down there and get a flow started in your life. Can I say to you, it's not about, don't wait for perfection before you get back into a place of a flow in your life. Amen. Here's the fourth thing. Here's the last thing. He brings us back to destiny. No one's ever too lost. God's not focused on why. He understands our weakness. Here's the fourth one, is He brings us back to destiny. There's no probation after a mistake in God. You'll know the story, many of you will anyway, in 1 Kings 19, the great prophet Elijah, and he was a great man of God. But he got to a point of his life where he felt he was so empty, he had nothing left to give. He was so under the pump and pressure had got to him. And so much so that he runs away from his call. He says, God, I've had enough. He runs away from the people that he has so powerfully led and been a voice to. He says, I've had enough. And if you can believe it and read the story, he actually even runs away from God. 
He actually says, you know what? I'm just over it. I don't want to live anymore. That's how low he got. It was just all too much. And God turns up. And if you read the story, first of all, God turns up with his power, which is what every Christian wants, isn't it? Turns up with the power. First of all, he's there in the wind. It says it was a strong wind. That meant it was noisy and you could feel the effects of it. After that came an earthquake. Wow, I've never been in one, don't want to be in one. But I'm pretty sure it would get your attention. And then after that, it says, came a fire. All great demonstrations of God's amazing power. And God turns up with all of that. And strangely, Elijah's not moved. Because isn't it true? When you've run out, it's no longer about the big celebrations and all the praise and all of the good stuff. What you really need right then is the gentleness of God. The scripture says this, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. Are you glad about that? God isn't saying to you today, you better measure up or else. Come on. I know some of you here, you're in the middle of big challenges. That won't be everybody, but some of you are. And it's very easy to think I've got to, I've got to show God how strong I am. And he's going, you don't have to show me anything. I've got the strong wind. I've got the earthquake. I've got the fire. But the thing that turns the heart of Elijah is the still small voice. God turned, come on. Now's, now's not the time for pressure. Now's the time for kindness. And I pray you're being kind to a lot of people. No matter who they are. I pray you're being kind to people. Bruce was telling us this morning in mingle time, the thing we have for online uh, before the service, the opportunity to connect. And he was saying how he had to go to the hospital to visit somebody and saw the ambos standing out there all waiting. And we all know the pressure they've been under. And he took the time to go up to them and to say, I just want to say thank you for all you're doing for people. See, that's kindness. Didn't take much. Didn't have to go out and buy them all something elaborate. Just turned up with kindness. I pray that you're having kindness for other people in this season we're in right now. Life starts to go back to some kind of normal. But here's the bit I really want to get to and then I want to talk with you about your faith and about your walk with God. It's in verse 15 and verse 16 of 1 Kings 19. This is to me the most remarkable thing in the whole story. It's not the God who helps him slay the prophets of Baal and all the rest of that stuff. It's not the strong wind and the earthquake. Earthquake will be tonight. And the fire, it's this. Then the Lord said to him, go return on your way. He doesn't say, I'm sorry, but all destiny has been stopped You ran away, you gave it up, let's go back to square one. He says, can you pick up where you've left off? He said, to me, Elijah, this has simply been a moment, but destiny's on the other side of this. Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive now, you'd have to know the story of Elijah to get the impact of this. He said, when you arrive, go and anoint Haziel as king over Syria. Anoint Jehu, the son of uh, of, uh, Shimsia, as king over Israel. Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel, Maholi, you will anoint to be prophet in your place. Do you know that's never happened in Elijah's whole ministry up until then? He's never anointed one king. 
God just doesn't bring you back to destiny. He increases it. God just doesn't bring you back and go, well, let's limp our way to the finish line. He says, I've got so much more for you, more than you deserve, more than you've earned, more than you can imagine. I've got to step up for you. If you have felt lost, if you've felt disengaged, Jesus wants to carry you back to destiny because your destiny is waiting for you. That course that Pastor Bruce spoke about a bit earlier next Sunday, and it will be, believe it or not, it's so packed. We've been working on this for a while uh, that many of you that go, I need to get back on my way. You know that verse, return on your way. I, I don't know what my way is, Jeff. Then why don't you sign up for that? It's just going to take 30 minutes. And I'm pretty sure knowing us, there'll be food there and uh, coffee orders and all the rest of it. But I'd love you to go there and start to say, I want to re-engage with my destiny. I want to do more than simply acknowledge God. I want to step back into everything that He has for me. You know, one of the greatest things that you will ever do is to say yes to Christ and say yes to His call for your life. One of the greatest things you're ever going to do in your entire life is to say, Jesus, I want you to take over the reins of my life. Here in this church, we started years ago what we call Yes Text. Yes Text simply is an opportunity for you to express what's in your heart. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want you to be Lord over my life. I want you to be in control. I'm going to follow you. Jesus said to the disciples, follow me, become a follower. It's up there for you on the screen right now. 0488 826 392 if you're in Australia. Just text YES. If you're outside of Australia or you want to get our help and support via email, go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Every day for 30 days, that couple that were up here before, Sebastian and Rashida, they lead this. They'll make sure you get a Bible verse every day picked for you. You'll get a prayer that's there for you fits on literally on one screen of a smartphone. You'll get that and it'll help you start your walk with God. Yet yeah, goes for 30 days. You can opt out, of course, whenever you like. There's actually more. There's a year and a half's worth of followership that's available there for you if you'd like it. I want to pray for you because I know today there'll be some of you here who are either wanting to say that to Jesus for the first time of your life or else you're wanting to re-engage, reconnect with Christ as the head of your life. For whatever reason it may be, we're not into the why, we're into the let's find the shepherd. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank You right now in Jesus' Name for every person, those that are with me in the building right now, those that are online, those that will be online in the days to come. They're gonna be available, Lord, to, to, to connect with You. Lord, I thank You for those that right now in their heart, You know the Holy Spirit is touching them and saying to them, this is Your day, this is Your moment. I thank You, Lord, for every single one of them and their yes. I thank You for the profound meaning that it has in their life. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I thank You for it, Lord. Thank You for their ongoing journey with You. Let them become like a the early disciples, people that saw great things as they walked with Jesus. We thank You for that, Lord, in Jesus' Name. 
Father, I pray as well for anybody in this place who just, for whatever reason, got distracted or stumbled or got chased by a predator or something or other, Lord, that, that affected their walk with you. I pray, God, that they'll just walk on with you in a great way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I'm going to change things up a bit, if you don't mind, because I really feel like for some of you here, you need to go out with this song inside your heart. Uh, Solomon's going to be taking, ming- uh, sorry, going to be taking ministry time in the studio in a minute. If you need prayer, don't leave the building without it. We'd love to pray with you right here. Just come down to the front at the end of the service. We'd love to pray with you. I know that uh, Sebastian and Rashida are going to be praying in the new prayer space we've set up, which is straight out those double doors. So you can go there as well. And there'll be people there waiting to pray with you so that you can find somebody who will stand with you in Jesus' name. But I want to sing the goodness of God if we can. Can we just stand together for a minute? I want you to go out with this. If you can come tonight, of course, that'll be great. By the way, coffee cards. I know this is pretty down the deal, but you can, yeah, every 10th coffee free. About time we do that. It's going to be good. There's these connect cards in the back of your seat as well. You can either scan the QR code there or fill that in, drop it in the uh, table that's out in the connect hub as well. Be our joy to walk with you in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing the other song before we go. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days I've been held in your hands. I'm not awake up until I lay my head and I will see the goodness of God all my life you have been faithful all my life you have been so so All my life, Lord, all my life you have been faithful. All my life, Lord, all my life you have been so, so good. Every breath that I am made, I will sing father i pray that that'll be our week this week that we'll see a week where the goodness of god where heavenly surprises come our way where doors that were unexpectedly opened for us lord where connections and and relationships begin to be formed and built that we hadn't anticipated you bring the right good things into our life in jesus name lord let us all go out of here with your blessing with your favour, with your grace on our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.